the bandit An outlaw untamed Shackled only by freedom You wear no man's chain Some say they despise you Well, maybe they do Deep down inside them I bet they wish they were you Welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSploitation.com, and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? We're doing well. We are uh, returning from um, a short break, and we have picked a movie for you. You might stop and think, why are they doing that movie? And the reason that we're doing it is because we damn well feel like it. And there's really no other reason besides that. We can do whatever we want. And it's our show. That's right. And Martin has wanted to do this one for a while and has has always uh, recommended this movie to me. And I've never gone out of my way to see it. Because you're un-American. Well, that's, it must be because I don't take Martin's recommendations with much, with a grain of salt. You should. Because as I said before the show, all I ever do is give you and other friends sagely wise advice i would never lead you astray i'm autistic i can't it's not in my nature <laughs> yeah but i give you greatness and you guys give me shit over and over again i will still never forgive our one friend for conning me into buying a copy of ghost recon advanced warfighter how about when uh i dragged you along to see epic movie oh, that's you know, that's where the friendship should have ended. Right. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. It was like an only, you know what? And that shows how bad that film was, because I'm pretty sure it was only like 85 minutes long. But Probably. you know what? Not only that, your one of your birthdays was at the Fantastic, when like Fantastic Four was in theaters, so. Mm-hmm. And not the one with uh, uh, Kate Mara, so, you know. There's a new one coming. Soon, too. Oh, God. Yep. Who's Mar- making it? Marvel announced a new one at their um, Marvel Con. Oh, good. Is it going to have John Krasinski getting spaghettified again? I don't like think so. I think, he, that, I think that's out. That was, that was only for Doctor Strange. Can you just imagine Fantastic Four with him as Reed Richards and just like looking at the camera every time, doing his little John Krasinski face? And then you can just cue the office music like doo doo doo. I wouldn't mind it. This show's totally overrated. It kinda sucked after season two. This show. <laughs> yeah, so spoiler alert to all you office fans. It's not that good. 
I still like it. I still enjoy it's it. Not, it's not that good. I still enjoy it. Yeah, once Ed Helms got there, downhill. So, what are we doing on the show today? We, got- uh, we are doing Fist of the North Star. <laughs> the whole ser- series. Uh, there is all a movie. And the movie. We're doing it all. No, if you listen to our last episode like you should have, we're doing Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Smokey and the Bandit. So I have to confess that, you know, really not knowing anything about this movie besides the uh, lead up that you gave me, which is basically trucker goes across state lines to bring back Coors. Um, and also, I, I don't know why I have an accent when I say Coors. <laughs> just, just so you know, when when you hear it on the show today, uh, for some reason, I, I, I get, get myself an accent when I... When I start to say, say Coors, so um, that's probably going to come up here and there. But I, but besides the fact that I knew that they were you know illegally smuggling Coors across state lines, that was pretty much all that I knew about the movie. Um, so I have to confess that I I've always thought Smokey was a person. I was like, <laughs> oh, Burt Reynolds as Smokey. <laughs> so just yeah. So I went into this movie thinking, well, where the fuck is Smokey? He's ch- chasing after him. All right, all right. Burt Reynolds is Bandit, but who the fuck is Smokey? Oh, my, it, you know, my, it must be Jerry Reed. No, he's Cletus. Who the fuck is Smokey? No, he's no, he's also Snowman. Snowman, yeah. S- Snowman's his handle. Who the fuck is Smokey? Uh, and then it f- eventually dawned on me. Oh, okay. Smokey is uh, you know the slang for for the cops. Um. See, I'm, I don't have trucker talk. I don't know trucker talk very well. Didn't grow up in a trucker talk family, so that was a new one for me. I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you, but I I think a lot of the CB jargon is just a bunch of bullshit. They make yeah, up. I do think so too. Well, I, I mean, I some of it I've heard, you know, obviously, like, like, like handle. You know, we sure. you know what it you know sure. what a handle is. Uh, but like a lot of like I think a breaker, lot of breaker breaker that's pretty, you know that's pretty common bullshit. But this for... but this is like the ultimate one of I'm not saying it's like the best you know like film of the 70s. But I mean this is like the ultimate like quintessential 70s film. You got trucker culture, outlaw country, CB radios, <laughs> racism and misogyny, yeah. hating police officers. You know, just a heckin' good time. Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed. Mustaches. J- Jackie Gleason. Um, biker gangs. Biker gangs were all the rage around this mm-hmm. time, too. It's like, yeah, just, you know, you going around uh, on the on the throughway on the interstate. Biker gang! You, you, you never, at, at this point in the 70s, you're watching movies, like, probably you're sitting back, you're, th- you're thinking, Jesus Christ, i got to be careful. These roving biker gangs around. Like, everybody's encountering these these dangerous biker gangs. That's why we're doing Easy Rider after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, you know, it was an era of, like, just be careful because these guys with chains <laughs> are riding, <laughs> riding around with their, you know, leather riding gloves and wreaking havoc at the, the local... <laughs> um, rest stops and diner stations it's i would say also it's it's a modern day western film yeah yep it's definitely like a it's a neo like a neo-western in the sense that you know again it's 
you know, got that very anti-authority and authority bent to it. It's got yep. the, yeah, know, it's got like the cat and mouse, like, you know, in, sure. in Westerns, especially like traditional John Wayne Westerns, you always had like the good guys, cowboys, and then the Indians. And there this one go. is sort of like the uh, the opposite. You kind of have like the good guys, Burt Reynolds, because they're just, they just want beer, man. They just, they're trucking looking to get for, beer. Looking for a good time. That's right. And, and what does Smokey do? Smokey's got to ruin it at every time. Going 110 on the interstate, you're not hurting anybody. Hopefully. You're just having, <laughs> just, just having fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that right. you just want to try, uh, test that Firebird out. That's right. I mean, not but, not to mention though the fact that it is probably pretty reckless to have a tractor trailer pushing like ninety five on the highway, like can't stop. Well, we even see it in the shots of the film, like they didn't take the fucking causeway, you know, yeah, all the way from <laughs> yeah from uh, Georgia to Texas and back. They're on the back roads and shit, and you see shots of them. They're driving on the wrong <laughs> side of the road yeah, yeah. on you know the windy passes. But listen, man. Nothing happened. No harm, no foul. Keep on trucking. Have a good time. That in that that all is this, a, this, again a quintessential seventies and eighties feeling. Drinking while driving, as long as you don't hurt nobody, you're okay, buddy. Just be careful. Have fun, but just be careful. So that's how it was back then. Cops, cops. I've heard numerous people, and and not uh, not people like my family, but people from the era who were like, you know what we used to do. We just, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just drink, drink and drove, and the cops would pull you over, and they'd sure. be like, hey, just be careful out there. Or, you know? or better yet, they'd, they'd escort you home and make sure, like, yeah, we'll take you home. Yeah, I heard that from a lot of people. You, yeah, you've heard that too, yeah, right? It was from, just like, yeah, from it was a different like, time back then, you know? People were just careful when they were drunk and driving. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally different. I don't know why they implemented, you know, the DWIs and stuff like that. You know, I can't. Just... I can't believe they ever raised the drinking age from eighteen twenty-one. Mm. It's just, you know, yeah. absurd. Yeah, right. <laughs> After the uh, seven thousandth uh, flaming car accident on prom night, they decided <laughs> may- maybe we should uh, take another look at this. Oh, uh, boys, what we got another. Uh... Another version of Susie Q to make. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Hold on one second, because um, oh. we're gonna transition into our beer talk. So I do wanna to throw this out there for our our beer mule. Um, he has been <laughs> asking about hearing this. So here we go. I'm gonna crack one on the show. Did you hear that? Oh, Get I a did nice hear crisp that. little. That is a nice crisp pop. Crisp twist, and there's the there goes the cap too. So so there you go, beer mule. Hopefully you're happy. <laughs> I generally which, crack which, them off because, like, we have to pay the Foley effects guy. So, we, you know, every well, time we crack it, he has to go, no, no, that wasn't crisp enough. I got to go in post and edit that. Now, so. now, now, to be fair, two things. One, we're doing this episode as a dedication to our fighting's mule. Um, <clears throat> I was expecting to get two, so, like, we'd get a fighting's beer. But yeah, you were dead. thinking it was a double feature for and, today. And, and we do course, but he let me down. That's Let's right. I was down. gonna bring that up too. I was gonna say, you know what? It was gonna be a double feature, but um, our beer mule didn't come through this time. Smoke, so Smokey's got him. This so time. we're we're stuck with a macro brew. Yeah, the so, cheap stuff. <laughs> it wasn't cheap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Smokey's got him. No, we didn't get get one from him, but you know, uh, seeing as I always bust his balls about being a mule, this is like you know again another perfect episode of Jukes. It's about bootlegging. So. Yep. Um, 
So, again, if you don't know, the main crux of the plot of Smokey and the Bandit, to go into our beer talk, is it's about bootlegging Coors uh, across the Mississippi from Texas to Georgia to get it to the uh, big enus for his uh, race celebration. Yeah, it's the, the rodeo, but spelled R-O-A-D. Rodeo. Yeah, rodeo. Ro- Sorry. Sorry, didn't... I put the accent on Coors. I don't put it on the rodeo. <laughs> little too... little too culture. A little mm. too Latin for you. Mm-hmm. But, um, so that's the main plot, because if you didn't know, I mean, you can get Coors Banquet wherever you want these days. It's delightful. Back in the day, I think up until, like, the early 80s, you couldn't. Because at the time, Coors beer wasn't pasteurized. They didn't add any adjuncts into it. So it, you know, would spoil pretty quickly. Plus, adding on top of uh, the litany of laws different states have on liquor, wine, alcohol, ales, Mm -hmm. what defines each of them, and then how you can transport them. uh, Basically, you know, bringing beer from one state to another could definitely be um it's bootlegging illegal plus especially in the south at this time there's still dry counties around Mm -hmm. where you know you can't even buy alcohol you know it's still illegal so in this in this movie is are they saying that georgia is a dry county where they're going no 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 georgia's on on the other side of the mississippi yeah think about it like like with whataburger like you know whataburger which I've never had because I've never been to Texas. But basically, like, Whataburger's known as, like, oh, it's a great burger chain. It's great. But they don't – they haven't expanded, like, outside of Texas and, like, I think a few parts of Oklahoma because they pride themselves on having fresh beef. Well, you can't transport that, you know, diligently, you know, without having to, like, freeze and do all this other shit. So they're all, that's why they're only located, you know, in that area. Freshness reasons. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Coors back in the day before they decided, like, you know what? Maybe we should just pasteurize shit and sell it to everyone. So, so Smoking the Bandit is about freshness. It's about wanting... It, it's actually, you know what? It's it's the perfect example of, of what uh, many people are turning to now is shopping local. Staying local. <laughs> Don't go to your big your box fr- stores. Get your stuff get- from the local deli and the local, you know, artisanal soap store. Yeah, artisanal. Bread, um, bread bankers, your bakers. And the the uh, artisanal olive oil shop like Sar- <laughs> our, our, our Saratoga Springs has. Um, you, you. Uh, oh, how much? Shop local. Oh, you, oh, you got this uh, orange tangerine infused olive oil. How much does that eight ounce uh, craft cost? Seventy dollars. I'll take. That's right. But, but yeah, so um, that's the whole plot of the film. The film, you know, so it's a nice little backdrop, of course. A nice little sponsor, for course. Um, before this episode, I have had Coors Banquet before. Excuse me, I'm getting like Ryan right now. Um, not that often, because it's not... Jesus Christ, excuse me again. Because uh, unlike with like like with uh, macro brews, like if I have to choose one, I usually just go to like Miller Lite, and that would be my choice. And like you know, kind of move on. So it's not anything that I've ever consistently had on like, on like a consistent basis. 
But I have had it before, and I have liked it. And this time, I was able to find it in a nice case of stubby pony bottles. And they are delightful. Mm-hmm. Giving you that nice, authentic feel of like what it would be like if you're uh, watching Smokey and the Bandit and living during that time with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Nice uh, stubby little hand hand grenades, as they're apparently called. Um, it has it has additives now. Yeah. But what beer doesn't at this point? From drinking it, it's definitely I would say a finer macro brew. It's got a pleasant, smooth, crisp, very the hops you would say are just like a. T- uh, whisper <laughs> but it does have like a nice maltiness to it mm-hmm. uh you know kind of like a nice bready note to it which makes it definitely stand out um it's refreshing it's enjoyable i can see why sam elliott back in the day you know coors the banquet beer it's definitely a lot better than coors light because coors light is kind of dreck and trash and just like kind of like bud light pure water uh, this definitely stands out, and if I had to choose a macro beer, this would be like up there for like one of like the loggers to drink. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, I think it, I was pleasantly surprised at how good it is. It's a very, um, I would say, it's pretty full bodied, um, and it has a nice, like you said, a nice bready malty quality to it that does give it that that um, sense of body. Uh, it's a bit of sweetness to it as well, but it's not overpoweringly sweet, um, which some macro beers can become overpoweringly <clears throat> sweet. I think it is a uh, a very well-balanced macro lager, and, it, you know, it does its job really well. If I was thinking about a beer and I said, you know, I don't want to get too crazy, I don't want to get too... Um, you know, too specific with what kind of beer I want today. I'm not feeling like a uh, an IPA or anything like overly uh, intricate. Then I would probably turn to something like Coors Banquet um, because it is a very bog standard uh, lager, macro lager. Um, so I, I think that it really does its job. It's something that I would turn to as, uh, you know, a very general beer that I, if, I, if I was just drinking on a hot summer day or something like that, um, this would be one of the ones that I turn to. For me, um, I'm not a huge fan of the mass-produced macro beers um, for the most part. I will drink them if offered to me, but um, ones that definitely fall to the bottom of my list would be Bud Light um, and well, that, Bud Heavy. Was, was going to say that. I don't even you don't even have to include like the light variants. Mm. So Bud, that's what I was, like you know, so yeah, Bud would probably be on the bottom of my list. Um, I I do like Miller quite a bit, so Miller is is up right up there at the top. Um, Miller and Coors definitely have some similarities. I think Miller's probably a little bit hoppier than this than the Coors Banquet. Um, but they're definitely, they're both de- definitely. Uh... More champagne, more bubbly. That's yeah. like high life. High life's the champagne beers. Yeah, they're they're both up there. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, I do mm. like Heineken quite a bit, um, but that's kind of uh, you know uh, not Euro a lager. American ma- macro. 
Well, how about okay? So like, I would say like if you had to choose, <clears throat> um, so you got Coors, Miller High Life, uh, Bud Heavy, uh, Paps, Schlitz, Jenny, and probably Bush. Mm. I mean, I know there's like other <clears throat> lower variants, like you know Milwaukee's best and stuff. But seeing as we live in like Bush country. And here in upstate New York, like, how would you kind of, like, sort them out? I would probably put, like, Miller and Coors Banquet at the top. Um, I would do... Um, oh, I forgot Old Milwaukee, too. And, like, Michelob, too, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd probably put that one towards the top. Michelob, probably, on the lower end of those. Um, and then I would probably go with, like, in the middle... Um, what else? Um, as I said before, Bud is at the bottom, uh, would be like my last choice. (laughs) If, if that was like presented to me, that would be at the bottom. Um, what were the other ones? What what, were old Milwaukee, Jenny, Schlitz, Paps. And and probably then it would probably go like, uh, Jenny, um, Paps, Old Milwaukee, and then Schlitz, and then probably the Buds, is how I think I would rank them. Right now, you know, thinking hypothetically, of course, not having them in front of me. Yeah, I would agree. I think Coors Banquet would be up there. It'd be probably right behind Miller High Life. Miller High Life, which we have done the podcast before. Can't remember which episode, but we have done it. It is... A very solid beer, very solid macro. <clears throat> then I probably do the banquet. Uh, probably after that, Old Milwaukee. I have a soft spot for Old Milwaukee. It's a uh, sucks at least that we can't get it in our area. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. We can get the non-alcoholic, but if we go county over, they get it out there. Which you know. But Old Milwaukee is very good. <clears throat> and then at the, at, with that, I'd probably after that say probably it'd be Jenny and then probably Paps and then after that the rest is kind of direct like Schlitz I don't really care for Mm. Uh, Bud Heavy and Bush I don't really care for Bush more so than Bud Heavy but Bud Heavy like just like Bud Light's just ugh but yes this is as an American macro pretty good and even though we do talk up Jenny to be really good on this podcast we've done like every beer on the sun of theirs Red Eye, it's all right. It's not the greatest, but it's all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, Jenny Light's not too bad. Where it's at is, like, the Cream Ale and then their Brew House series and the Pile Badge mm-hmm. stuff. Those are the big ones. But this is definitely worth checking out. It's definitely worth having, you know. Yeah, I would definitely get this more often. Um, you know, just for something to get to like bolster up the the fridge like i said you know sometimes i'll be like ah, i'm getting down on beers i just got to go out and go out and fill up like get something yeah. um, you don't want to you don't want to be like oh what what beer tree ipas can i shove in here you, <laughs> you, 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 like as good as they are you, do i want to spend 160 dollars on uh <laughs> need, 12 beers <laughs> for a beer tree no you need, you need you need things you know to fill it up that yeah. you know you can drink and enjoy and Again, like luckily for us, you know Jenny's you know seasonal offerings between you know the ruby red Kolsch and the pineapple and the Oktoberfest and 
orange cranberry color beer. We we got enough to like you know stock up in between you know. Uh, but if you didn't have like that option to you, or a like macro brewer that had options like that that were really good, you'd be kind of shit out of luck. Cause then if you luckily if you were lucky enough to have founders in your area, you'd have to be loading up on solid gold. Which is great, and we've done that on the podcast, but again, like it's like twenty dollars for, you know, fifteen pack every so often, so Yeah. Yeah, Coors is one of those ones that you can go out and like you can spend I don't know, it's like probably uh, what I saw it was like twenty bucks for a thirty pack, which is really yeah. not not terrible. So you know. Go you can go to town, get a, a whole bunch of them, stock your fridge with it. And it's not a terrible beer at all to to be stocking with. Um, I went out and got like Heineken and Labatt Blue Lime um, packs the other day. See, but... look at that! Look at that! He hates America. He hasn't <laughs> seen Smokey and the Bandit, and then he's like, "What am I stocking my fridge with? Canadian Pilsners and Dutch Lagers." Yeah, you just hate America, right? Yep, I didn't go with any uh, American macros. Nope, but I would now with Coors. Wait, isn't, as I say, actually, now I think about it, isn't the company InBev, don't they also own Heineken too? Yeah, they probably do, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, let's talk about Smokey and the Bandit in depth. Oh, I, th- I thought the film was called Eastbound and Down. Yeah, you would be remiss to maybe, you would you would be understandably confused when you hear that song that's played, you know, four or five times throughout the, the movie. Hold on. It's not like two of the times is westbound the down, and that's a different song. <laughs> it might as well be the same. I did, like I was saying to you, it, it seriously, it, and you know Jerry Reed is also in the movie, but they wanted to get their money's worth with this song. They they had paid for the song credits. <laughs> they were like, um, you know, when they were doing the editing and doing the sound, you know, sound work with the soundtrack. And like, uh, you sure you want to use that song again? Like, you know, th- it's basically saying the same thing over and over again when you play that song. And you're like, this, the, the, the viewers know what's happening, right? Like, they know Smokey and the Bandit is, is, is all about trekking down the road and going, going from uh, one state to another. You're like, no, we're playing that song again. You better fucking believe it. We paid good money for it. Jerry well, Reed. So fun fact, which I I kind of was thinking, like, how Jerry Reed get into acting? He's really good friends with Burt Reynolds, mm. and this wasn't his like first film. He's actually, but he was before this in like two or three other films with Burt Reynolds. So, so they they hatched up this plot to not only have him do the music, but get him in the movie too. Well, and Sally Field too, because she was also dating Burt at the time. Yeah, so, she was know, seeing she was seeing Mr. Burt, and who could blame her? That is prime right now in Smokey and the Bandit. This, this is the Burt Reynolds that Norm MacDonald based Burt Reynolds off for, uh, I mean, Turd Ferguson off of for SNL. Mm-hmm. For Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah, but I, so, I mean, I got to say, like, this is a movie that really emphasizes, you know, there were a few movies at the time that did, like, the, the whole storyline within the song sort of thing. But this one does it probably one of the best. It's like, because when you first open up on Smokey and the Bandit, like, the film does not really give the viewer much 
backstory or no context no really not at all like all you know is like here's bandit he's really good at driving he's doing the rodeo here's this weird big enos and (laughs) his son who are basically going around to people and wanting them to basically betting on them whether they can uh do this drive and 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 get the uh coors back to them within a time frame which is 28 hours and they're basically that's that's it like that's all you get from the storyline like it really just sets that up like you get one opening scene where a guy gets pulled over he's got the coors in the back of his truck and basically the cops are like you poor dumb bastard you <laughs> fell for big enus's trick you've been you've been bo- you trying to boot like you got coors that's bootlegging what so what do they do with the beer do they just like take it back and drink it they break you know destroy it like, i hope they take it back and drink it Probably just dump it. It's like the Red Dead uh, Two mission where you're like, you know, you have to go destroy the moonshine in your stills. And yeah. You're like after you destroy it, the one deputy's like, I'm just gonna take a couple of these jugs back. For, <laughs> they, for, they should, man. They should for for myself. That's you know, what I would but, do. Like confiscating the evidence. No, yeah, but that that opening scene is really like all you get for context, really, of like what's going on. Um, and it's very expositional. The, a lot of like the dialogue, though snappy, is it's entirely expositional. Yeah. Get, the whole like you know Bert being at a rodeo, you know, truck driving show, and the Enos is showing up to give him shit to try to get him to do it. They're like, wait, so you mean to tell me if I do this, I get eighty thousand dollars? <laughs> if you do this, you get eighty thousand dollars. Well, why would I do it? Because you're the best and you won't turn down a challenge. I'm the best and I don't turn down a challenge because you're the best and you won't turn down a challenge. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, and then and that's pretty much what you get like for the legend. Besides, you know, as the the film goes along and and kind of like cements that with the various people that are like Bandit. Oh my God, he's so amazing! I can't wait to help him out. Um, the first part of it is really like going on exposition. Of, like, relying on the exposition to tell you, yeah, Bandit's a pretty good driver. And, you know, that he's he's a legend in these parts. Um, I do like that, though. I like the fact that this film is really, like, at the beginning, all, all you know, storyline, jumping right into it. No bullshit. No filler. Just, you know, good old-fashioned, like, here's what's going to happen. And then, not only that. If you didn't get it from from what they're telling you in the exposition, then Jerry Reed's songs that play in the background are basically tell, singing the ode to the bandit anyway, because they're just like, the bandit's the greatest, he drives around. Huh? So you, you, you get it from, the, if you didn't get it from the exposition, they, you know, they were like, throw this song in here so that people know. And it, it's almost like, um, you know, like uh, in The Witcher 3, where you have like the the bard who's constantly just singing the praises of Geralt dandelion. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically like that. It's just, you know, that's what Jerry Reed's song is meant to do. It's just like to be a, a bard singing the, uh, the epics of, well, it's, it's great too, because Bandit. after like, after the whole, like, uh, the Enuses show up and they're like, we'll give you $80,000 to buy 400 cases of Coors and Texarkana and get it back here in 28 hours, which by the way, for those of you curious, in twenty twenty two dollars, that's the equivalent of like three hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars. yeah, so, I that's, mean, a, the, so the, that's a lot of goddamn money. The number you know? surprised me even then. Uh, you know, like eighty thousand dollars to do this run—that's you know—that's quite a bit of money. Uh, even even now, um, you know, it's it, it's kind of funny too because like 
I was thinking about what people do like on reality TV shows for like ridiculous amounts of money. It's like, ah, oh, do this and like eat a bug for like five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, just like old uh, fear, old fear factor before Joe Rogan. Yeah, I was like, off. wow, eighty thousand dollars. You know, that's that's pretty good bucks. And then not well, only it, that, but he can buy a fucking car and everything with it. Well, I was say, well, no, well, no, 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 because they say when he's there at the truck rodeo. That eighty thousand dollars is what it costs to get a Peterbilt, which is, a tr- you know, a tractor trailer truck. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of goddamn money. Yeah. And you know, watching the whole when you know they're having their little quips going back and forth about you know whether or not he's going to do it, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to need money for the beer," <laughs> and he's like, "All right, he you're like counting the hundreds," and he's like, "I'm going to need a fast car too." And then he's like counting the money. He's like faster than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So. So does that come out of the eighty thousand dollars, or is that just like no, cost no, of I think, doing business? I think it's just the cost of doing business. Yeah. And then he, you know, drives his truck up to get Cletus. You know, Jerry Reed. Which, by the way, Cletus, Cletus. Who knows. I, I, I've heard Cletus in my life. I've never heard of a Cletus. Yeah. And this one, it's Cletus. Yeah. But uh, that, that that's really... <laughs> there's a lot of exposition dumped on you, too, and you get to meet uh, Jerry Reed, because he's like... When Bandit, when Bert shows up in his truck, and they're like, Oh, Uncle Bandit, Uncle Bandit, you're so cool, you're so great. And then Cletus' wife, like, He just got out of jail. What the fuck are you doing? You can't do this just because you're the bandit. You're the best there is, but what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, they really set it up. And, and it, they also make make sure to show you that he's got, that uh, Cletus has like five kids running around too. I'm like, are you just keep popping them out. Like, was that your job? No, the best part is he's got a dog named Fred, a basset hound. Yeah. Fred the basset hound, who. I just want to, like, pet him. And everybody just... keeps saying is he's getting a little. A little pudgy. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, you got a little, on a little weight. Um, but, I mean, like, it's got that nice buddy cop quality to it, too. When he, like, runs in, like, uh, Jerry sleeping on the bed, he's like, we're going to do this. No, I just got out of jail. Well, we're not going to do this. You you know, you screwed me. Well, we're going to do it because it's $80,000. $80,000. Yeah, that's right. All right, guess we'll do it. Why, well, why would they want Coors? Well, you can't take it out of the outside of Texarkana. It's illegal. We're going to be bootlegging. We'll hang. Yeah, we'll do it because we haven't been caught yet. And then, you know, westbound the night, loaded up in trucking. We going to do what they can't say. Me. No, you know, awesome. Love it. It's great. So um, it's probably important that we talk about a couple of logistic things here. So they're saying that the uh, the distance that they have to haul is about 900 miles down. 900 miles back so it's about 1800 miles round trip they're going 20 they have 28 hours to get this back so let's see 1800 miles they go 100 miles per hour we're talking 18 hours that'd be like i don't don't know i haven't i unlike you I haven't been on like a family like road trip down to Florida, so I couldn't tell you what. The no, I was just trying to are. think logistically. So, so they're 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 saying basically they got about eighteen hundred miles to make, and uh, they got twenty eight hours. Uh, of course, that's not factoring in like pit stops and you know Sleep. hitting the puking the choking pukes, <laughs> which is I've never heard that term before. The for, that phrase for uh, oh, uh, you haven't come up to a choking puke. 
uh, diner area <laughs> or truck stop, whatever they're they're referring to. But uh, no, so they got like about eighteen hundred miles. I mean, I think that it, that makes fairly good sense uh, to say like, wow, it would be pretty difficult to do twenty eight hours uh, with that trip, kind of trip. Um, technically, if you're going hundred miles per hour, like on paper, yeah, should be able to do it in no time. But the amount of obstacles and and stuff and and they're not only just taking like you know a county route or a county highway or something like that it's back roads and and stuff like that to get there so uh it does make sense now the other thing that i wanted to bring up is um this is a challenge that big enos uh offers it's not like a bet so there's no like there's no like alternative if if they fail the the biggest thing is you know, if they fail, then they face legal consequences. Um, so what would be the legal consequences if, like, wh- wh- what's the worst case scenario you get stopped <clears throat> hauling, um, uh, you know, alcohol across state lines and that's uh, bootlegging? What was what was the uh, the consequence of that back then? Do you know? I mean, I imagine several years in jail. Probably jail time. And plus, plus, you know, getting you know stopped by the DOT and not having like you know your manifest and yeah. weights and yeah. I would assume too, probably like um, maybe your license revoked. You know, like your haul, you would probably never be trucking again. Be my guess, or at least now it's like because now it's like you know points on your license, get your trucking license suspended, stuff like that. I don't think they ever say. Did they say what Cletus landed in jail for? No, they just said he just got out recently. It's kind of just like a vague. Uh, yeah. So we're not. We don't really know. We can't really. It doesn't sound like it was probably for illegal hauling in the past, but something else. No. It probably wasn't anything serious because he probably wasn't in there for too long. Maybe probably for something like a bar fight. Because uh, later on in the movie, they kind of. He has the, like I was just talking about, with the roving bands of motorcycle gangs. He has a, a fight with a motorcycle gang in a, uh, a truck stop. And um, he talks about it on the uh, on the um, radio. Kind of says, like, oh, yeah, just another fight like uh, I've had in the past. So I'm guessing it was something like that, like assault in a bar or something. So <clears throat> as you as we were saying, this, this film ha- is like kind of all... Um, plots but what one thing that struck me about it watching for the first time is like 15 minutes in um i was not really sure where this movie could really go because by that time like we've already gotten all of like the exposition out about what they're doing and they've already made it (laughs) to to texas to texarkana to pick up this the course so i was like where are they going to do with the next, you know, hour and 15 minutes of the movie? Like what, what can possibly uh, be the, the, the next part of the storyline. And they surprised me by introducing a whole bunch of different elements to it, uh, including Sally field who gets picked up on the side of the road, um, ditching her own wedding. Um, and also the, the uh, Texas sheriff, um, who is uh, played by uh, Jackie Gleason and does a wonderful job with his little pencil thin mustache. So um, did you ever have, did you have that thought? Like when you, uh, when you watched the movie for the first time, were you like, where's this going to go? Or did you 
kind of have it in your head that like uh there's definitely going to be like some some uh like driving action happening in the movie no because a lot a lot of play um a lot of movies of this kind of ilk always like kind of start off really fast Mm -hmm. and then like you kind of it's all about the action afterwards. So, no, I was fine with it. I thought it was really funny, too, when they get to tar- Texarkana that quick. They're, you know, break into, like, the warehouse and, like, ah, there's a bunch of Coors beer here. And you're dicking around on the forklift and <laughs> sends Jerry Lee, uh, Jerry Reed flying. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, you don't know what the hell you're doing. He's like, yeah, sure I do. And he sends him flying. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then as they're leaving, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, leave a note saying uh, <laughs> this uh, pay pay it to the bill to Big E and this Bernadette. And Bandit takes off in his Trans Am. And fucking Jerry's like, pay to Big E burn, burn. Uh, I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> he just yeah. you know, gets a walk. And then off. he just leaves it. Yeah. throws it and gets out of there yeah no it's a it's a great moment i love when they break into the the Coors plant and they're just like you know what <laughs> we're just gonna load it up ourselves no one's here um and then they head out and then they meet up with sally field and i uh i really like sally field as a character in this i think she does a really good job of uh portraying a woman who is looking for something different in life and wants to kind of run away from the things that she's been so used to and and uh, some of the mistakes that she's made in the past because as she talks about you know what's been happening and she it seems like she's really jumping to uh, various lifestyle choices without really making much sense of what she's she's doing um, and that's pretty much how it gets her in this predicament of getting married to um, the sheriff the Texas sheriff's son uh, who, who she decides is not the one for her and uh kind of hightails it out of there leaving them high and dry and left to uh kind of be embarrassed at this wedding that the sheriff has uh paid for it's a great moment when they they pick her up and she's kind of like scared of uh, bandits driving but at the same time like exhilarated by it she starts smoking she's such a man yeah, she's 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 obviously enthralled by the mustache first off, um, and the hat too, of course. The hat like is basically welded to Burt Reynolds' head in this movie. He takes it off one time, in the whole movie. But uh, when, he gets, I, when he gets nice and tender, that's right, that's right. He had he knew he had to take it off. If he didn't take it off, he's not getting any. He's got to take it off in that scene. Gotta say his name. It's not Bandits, Bo. Bo. That's right. Bo. Yeah, but um, I, I think Sally Field does a really good job here. I, I was really, you know, and this is Sally Field in her prime, too. Very young in this movie. Um, very uh, fun and uh, outgoing. I, I think her character adds quite a bit. And also makes, uh, you know, gives a, a nice... Um, romantic uh storyline for bandit who you know if we didn't really have this would pretty much be a very mysterious character for the audience like because we wouldn't i feel like we wouldn't really get much information about him or he wouldn't really have any development um you know he'd just be 
doing the same things that he does. But this, <laughs> but with with Sally Field there to kind of offset um, some of the elements of just just driving, I think that does a really good job of um, adding some character to Bandit. Well, then they have great, obviously have really great chemistry together. Their whole uh, bandying about very, you know. Uh much very quippy and one-liner, you know, mm-hmm. liney as they after the kind of exchange. Uh, Occasionally feels um, improvised. It, well, allegedly, a lot of this film is improvised. Yeah, so yeah, it makes I, sense. It, it definitely does sometimes feel like there's like because it's it's so fast and quippy. It, it does almost feel like it's improvised. You know, it doesn't feel like the the script was dictating that, but it was more so just, you know, in the moment. I think they do a really good job. And like you said, you know, because they did have a relationship at that time, there is a, a lot of chemistry that's going on with uh, Bandit and Carrie at that time. Um, but yeah, I think they, they do it. If, if it was improvised, I think they do a really good job with it. It, it does tend to feel like that occasionally. Um, yeah, with that said too, I wonder if, you know, a lot of like the, uh, like you were talking about the bullshit, uh, radio stuff was also improvised where they're just kind of like making it up as they're going along um you know making up code names and stuff like that it's it's more like with like it comes to the code names like it makes sense because it's kind of like when they do like the code names it kind of gives me uh warriors vibes when we get like you know like <laughs> hello there groovy cats yeah yeah you know, kind of you know. yeah but when they start being like yeah i'm heading up to the next sloppy jack women you know i do their ab sandler talk like oh yeah we'll see you up at the next women got smokies on you we're ready to go you got flapjack all around the corner go do, 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 you know and it, like i again i i didn't Never owned any, known anyone to own a CB radio. I I don't know what like you know the kind of like talk is, but like it's so like ridiculous and hilarious now, and just kind of like okay, like I I really am curious like if that was like how you were supposed to talk on a CB radio, like you know you're not supposed to be like, hey man I got cops on me, like, well you got a fat jack woo can't smoke on your back, you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll go give him the old slip and slide, liberty lie. You know. Oh, thanks, Jack. Yeah, put the hammer down. Over. Yeah. Good you know. lord. Do you <laughs> do you drive truck? Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, is that part of your CBL test? Yeah. Right. You take your CBL. Like, all right. All right. <laughs> How would you react? You have a smoky on your six. What would you do? And you're like, you have to answer. You're like, oh, Smokey, what is that? What is that? Uh, uh. Yeah, and you have to like give a whole essay response. Yeah, no, it should be. should be. It should You should have to like, or like maybe on the CDL, there's just like uh, one of those, you know, like uh, mix and match uh, definitions with uh, words. words. And it's just the lingo and you have to like draw a line to the definition. Like, like again, like I love it, but at the same time, it's kind of like like who came up with this, and like was this actually part of like? Because I feel like it almost extends out of like it was a thing, but it wasn't that bad of like it, you know. We get hot pants here. Well, why is she called hot pants? Because she's wearing fucking hot pants. 
yeah, we got some Smokies rolling up, and we need you to come on out and give us, you know, cover on the backside, you know, talking about amen. Yeah, I got to give you the backside. Go, Panda, go. Yeah, it's, it's also hard, too, because, like, if you look on Wikipedia, it does list CB slang. But, like, now at this point, it's hard to say, like, was the CB slang created by, by Smokey and the Bandit, or was it truly there while this was filming? So, like, pu- like Choke and Puke is listed on the CB slang Wikipedia. But was that, you know, w- was that a thing before Smokey and the Bandit, or was it after Smokey and well, the Bandit? Well, I, I would probably say before, because, you know, you had before C.W. McCall's Convoy song coming out and, like, you know, Convoy! And that became a film later on. It's just kind of amazing thinking about it, you know, uh, how, how, like, trucker culture became, like, you know, Oh yeah, it's the modern West. These folks run trucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, modern West. They're the cowboys of the modern day, going down them highways. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the uh, like, may, maybe this was all truly, uh, you know, known because on the CB slang, you know, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that did show up in Smoking the Bandit, like Kojak with a Kodak. That's listed here. Uh, <laughs> Evil Knievel as a police officer on a motorcycle. It's listed here too. Um, so it's it, you know it's I don't know. Maybe they were truly truly on with uh, the CB radio talk. And if you know uh, your CB slang, let us know. Was this something that uh, you know was prior to smoking the band and they just got it right? I don't I don't know because I don't you know it's not I'm not part of that culture. But it is interesting to to know. Like now you're calling it ridiculous. That's a whole person's culture. They're, that's their slang. That's their uh, their uh, patois. Patois. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta pull up too. Like yeah. You know. Yeah, it's got it's got it's got everything on here. It's got you know a lot of stuff that they're they're uh, they reference in this movie. Bear just... rolling discos. <laughs> a speeding police car with its lights flashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, somebody came up with it. There's some really creative stuff in here. You know, I guess if you're on the road for, you know, 40 hours or something like that, you're just, like, thinking about things. Just tend to make up fun stuff. Makes sense. <laughs> so, we, we haven't talked about Jackie Gleason too much uh, playing Sheriff Buford T. Justice. Great name. Yeah, and they make sure to use it all the time, too. It's he, You know, he's not just, like, Buford. He's uh, constantly referring to himself with, in full name. Uh, I'm... You know who you talking to? I'm Buford T. Justice. Um, Jackie Gleason does a great job, and you know if you at this point, Jackie Gleason was pretty late in his career. I think um, he ended up dying in like 1987, so this was like 10 years prior to that, uh, um, his death. And his most, you know, his obvious role is from the Honeymooners. Uh, I would say th- this is a pretty different role for him than the Honeymooners. Um, I don't know a whole lot of his roles. Like, I'm not super familiar with him um, outside of the Honeymooners. But he does a really good job with this one. Um, he he gets he nails, like, the Texas sheriff with way too much uh, uh, confidence in himself. 
and he he's probably one of the best parts of this movie. Everybody does a really good job. Burt Reynolds is also really great. But I would say that Jackie Gleason like kind of brings things home with his uh, rendition of the Texas he's Sheriff. The, he's the linchpin. Yeah. Jackie Gleason is definitely the linchpin in the film. Because Burt, as good as he is, he's kind of just Burt Reynolds. Yep. You know? Yep. He's kind of just himself. And, you know, he just doesn't really like, have to do a whole lot. Not a care to have. Mm-hmm. He's just driving around fucking Sally Field. He's, he doesn't give a shit. See how he feels. She is, you know, really fun and really great. Again, the chemistry they have is really good. Jackie Gleason is great in this. Because, again, another staple of, like, 70s, like, films, you know, besides the outlaw country and the trucking and CB radio, is a surly southern uh, uh, justice of the peace that's been wronged. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I think of, well, I was saying, first and foremost, think of... uh, James Bond film Live and Let Die with uh, Sheriff Pepper and then he was so you know he was so beloved in that black exploitation film they brought him back for the man with the golden gun uh, you know and it's kind of like the, a nice trope because again in the 70s you had a lot of like anti <clears throat> authority things because mm-hmm. after Vietnam and Nixon you know kind of got away from that but you know Jackie Gleason puts a very great spin on it you know, with the the nice pencil thin mustache, his sweaty body, his you know <laughs> demeanor and demeaning of his son, and which he rides with him, and you know talking about the bandit, and you know he's just so blinded by rage, he's chasing him from Texas all the way to Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, greatly outside of his jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. He, he's just a lot of fun and you know really great you know and the chemistry that he also has with his son is also great because you have throughout the entire film like like second half of the film when after like the top gets lost on you know his pontiac is chasing after bandit his son's sitting there holding his hat down to make sure it doesn't blow off it's really good Mm -hmm. he's he's really hilarious and i think you know yeah, he does a really good job. He does I mean, a great job. He, he, you know, he has that little bit of racism, a little bit of misogyny here. and Oh, that I say that's hilarious when um, they're in Arkansas and <laughs> you got the black sheriff, which, again, this film is made in, like, 76, 77, so it's, we're, all, we're only, like, 10 years out from the Civil Rights Act, y'all. And <laughs> as he's talking to the guy on the CB radio... He's like, stand down, I got him. And then he runs into him. He's like, I thought you were taller. You know, talking about, like, I thought you were white. Yeah. <laughs> and then after, when the sheriff, like, shakes his head, he looks at his son, he's like, what's the world coming to? Yeah. Can't yeah, I mean. Believe, I th- can't I th- believe these blackies are, you know, I think it's sheriffs now. I think he does a really good job because he, um. It's it's funny how you feel about him because yes he's a, the sheriff and he's absolutely ridiculous and going after, uh you know the, especially going after Carrie for re- stupid reasons you know tracking her down because she ditched the wedding, um but you also kind of have like a a, a sympathy and like a a, a you, you end up liking him even though he's not really supposed to be or doesn't often come off as a likable character that you would like like in real life but you you like who he is as a character and i think when, when you get to the end of the movie 
you know, he's been bested. His car's falling apart. Um, and you have, uh, you know, you have Bruce, uh, you have, sorry, Burt Reynolds, um, uh, kind of behind him. You know, he doesn't even know that he's behind him and he's <laughs> on the radio saying, Hey, sheriff. And then he, he attempts to give him big Enos uh, as the, the person he's looking for. And he says, you know what? You've been so, you've been pretty damn good at chasing me. So I'm going to level with you. We're, we're heading to Boston for some clam New chowder. England clam chowder. 18 hours they got too. That's, that's, oof, I don't think they'll make it. <laughs> I hope the second film's ba- based from, on uh, from Georgia, Georgia. to Boston. Boston back. No, that's not 18. It's like an 18 hour drive to and fro. It's going to be, that's going to be. I don't think it would. It, I don't think it's quite eighteen hours to Boston from Georgia, but it would be a difficult run. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's possible. You're right. Maybe if they're going like 150. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I I think Jackie Gleason does a really good job in this. Um, Do you like like the nice musical prompts he gets when he shows up, like the bomb? Oh yeah, it has almost like a cartoony sort of uh, approach to it. Which makes me think a lot. It made me think a lot of like uh, Lupin's Eddie Gata's relationship. Yeah, it does have you know because it's got that Bugs Bunny. Yeah, it's it's got that cat and mouse sort of thing going on where you know you have the two people uh, that are intrinsically connected to each other, even though they're on opposite sides of the spectrum, and that is a good way to, to deal with your storyline. And, um, you know, that's why I was saying like 15 minutes in a Smokey and the Bandit, there really isn't a antagonist for the bandit. Uh, but that's where Jackie Gleason comes in, you know, later on, he becomes the antagonist, uh, an unlikely antagonist, um, besides the fact that he's a sheriff. But, uh, I think that's what the film needs to really succeed is it has that antagonist and that cat and mouse chase, that that works really well and and provides laughs and it provides action the film has some really great um driving sequences uh you know it does employ some like sped up scenes that you can tell you know that they weren't driving as fast as and then they kind of like did a little fast forward on it but uh for the most part the action scenes are really good and and uh i think they did a good job with the stunts um Let's see. What else to talk about? What did you think of Jerry Reed in the film? It's Cletus. I mean, he's and he's fine. He, the dog. he doesn't really have a whole lot to do. And I feel like what he does do is probably just Jerry Reed. You know what I mean? Like that. That seems like it's that's probably just how he acts. So it's less acting and more Jerry Reed playing himself. I think he does a, a good job. Probably the best moments that we see from him is like when he gets in the fight at the motorcycle with the motorcycle gang and he, you know, he fights and it gets kicked out of the bar and kind of has to do like that saunter back to the truck. Like, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I, I lost and then runs over the motorcycles. It's great. It's a, that's a great I moment. That is, that is great watching him. Well, you know, after getting his ass kicked, stop in the truck. Like. Right. Cause he's kind of like, he, he gets into the truck. He's kind of dejected. He's kind of hurt. And then he sees the motorcycles in front of him uh, and gets that, like, grin on his face. It's pretty iconic for Jerry Reed, too, that grin. He has, like, a very mm-hmm. particular smile uh, with his teeth that I think uh, 
you know, is, is a is a good thing. I think he adds a lot, even though he's not traditionally an actor. You know, I think he does add a lot to this this movie, even though he pretty much is playing himself, which you could say the same thing for Burt Reynolds. You know, he's pretty much playing himself. Um, but I think he does a good job. I like him a lot. <laughs> what do you think of um, the film later on where basically everyone's banding together? You know, the people that uh, Bandit has uh, come across before, they're all banding together to help uh, with the the, ch- the police chase. And they're kind of like devising various elements to, 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 to hang up the police so that they don't they can't catch Bandit. It's fun. It's fun. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. Because, <laughs> you know, again, they don't even know him. Or anything. Right. Like, oh, this guy is bootlegging course across from Texarkana all the way to Georgia. Let's help him out. They basically know him as just like he's a legend, right? So they're like, like maybe well, he'll well, maybe he'll come through for me one day. But the legend seems to grow. Like the only one that I th- think is really, really, really fun is like when he hits the highway at the end. And you get the one trucker like, "Hey, they abandoned doing a CB slang, like coming on, slipping and sliding, <laughs> rolling, ducking the doozy, yeah. Yeah, come on up and we'll slip you, like, slip you into the rocking chair, you know." <laughs> yeah, he's like unnervingly having fun for just like having a caravan on the highway. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's called a convoy, right? Yeah, he, he's and but I I do like that scene though because it is pretty interesting of like having him slip in between all of the convoy and then having him drive up on the other lane. Uh, you would think though that the police would be like, get the fuck out of the way, like get off the fucking lane. Well. <laughs> They pro- I know was they're trying. They're trying to go by and get forced onto the fucking grass. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like afterwards, you know, they speed off and like, oh, we can't see anything for days. It's a clear highway, and everyone's like, yeah, you show those cops what the for. These are the same people now. They're like, oh, bless our police officers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do pr- appreciate this film for just everyone banding together to say, "Fuck off, police officers." It's pretty nice. Yeah, what I do like too is that the film kind of has in its reality. It kind of forgets about license plates and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, they know our license plates. Like they'll come find us eventually. <laughs> you know, like, it, but they kind of forget about that. They're like, if they don't catch me in the moment, you know. Well, you gotta think they don't have like a camera. I guess not. No. So, so like you know, so like or like a probably like a plate running machine. Because again, like you even bring up at the beginning of the film, like. You know them Smokies got CBs and you know so like that was probably something that was keeping them ahead of them throughout you know the time. But now that they have radios on, I'm like, oh, we you know, we gotta be careful. I mean, like, at one that, point that, though, that, they that, clearly that, note the uh, the license plate on Bandit's car. Like the one guy says it specifically, like it says like D I C K B I G Dick Big. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's funny that they're like, if they don't catch us on the road, there's no consequences for this whatsoever. I mean, specifically for the bootlegging, no, nah, no consequences. But like, just saying Har- harassing you, police, yeah, harass, yeah, like police officers, uh, putting people in danger, endangered driving. Uh, you, you broke a hundred different driving protocols on the highway, so we're gonna arrest you for those instead. We can catch you for the the bootlegging but the other stuff still pretty serious no but overall had a really fun time with this movie um i think you know i i we, i've pretty much talked about everything that i 
can remember that stuck out to me. Um, anything else from you? It's a great film. It is a great film. And with that said, we've got to rate it. So, on a scale of 1 to 10 Freds with an eating disorder, what would you give Smokey and the Bandit? A uh, Diablo sandwich. Fred's eating a Diablo sandwich. How about that? There we go. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. It's a lot of fun. So I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit in a while. I have obviously seen it before several times. It's a fun film. There's literally no filler, no bullshit in this film. It's literally bang, 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 let's go. 90 minutes is just straight, let's have fun. As I and said, it's, it's a, 1977's Fury Road. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's not. It's definitely not flashy, especially today with like the kind of like horror tricks and stunts that mm. you would expect from a film. It's definitely not got that. It's very simple. Not a lot going on there. But I do think, you think it does the? Sorry, I didn't mean to break in. No, you're fine. Reading, no, you're fine. Do you think it does the uh, the car stunts better than like something like uh, Dukes of Hazard? Yeah, they're on par. Yeah. That's what I, I was th- going to say, too, is, like, it's kind of on par, and it kind of has, like, that jokiness of, like, running from the cops, you know, and the cops are like, damn that smoke, damn that bandit, you know. Instead, yeah, instead of having, you know, in Dukes, they got Waylon Jennings as the balladeer instead of, you know, Jerry Reed. You know, yeah. Like, oh, looks like them boys could use a bit of a fresh air. Yeah. These bugs are hot, like molasses on a hot June Sunday, and it's pretty sticky, you know, so it's pretty thick molasses, but... You know, no, but I mean, like, the stunts, they're fun. Nothing too exciting. Nothing too crazy. Um, the cast is what makes the film great. Bert is Bert. He's just his charismatic self. Not a care in the world. He's got his nice little goofy laugh. Sally Field is really good. I think, you know, probably underappreciated, like, because the chemistry she has with Bert is very natural and great. And so the little quips they have between each other is great. Jackie Gleason steals the show. He's terrific, fun, not something you'd expect from him. I think Jerry Reed's also great as Snowman, too. You know, I mean, he's got, you know, his little trucker lines, but they're really a lot of fun. If you think about it, a lot of the film is just basically just set on the road and in these, you know, in the truck and the car. It's again. It's very simple, but it works. It's fun. I really enjoy this film. I think there's a reason for why it entered the cultural zeitgeist, and I think it's something that a lot of films kind of learn today because a lot of films today are too busy trying to give you like a four-hour story based on like on the Iliad and the Odyssey, and you're like you're doing the intro the the intro to fucking Harley Quinn. Why are you doing a four-hour film? Mm-hmm. This film knows what it is. It's not trying to be anymore. It's just enjoyable. It's a snappy, fun summer ride. Hot summer day like today. Go enjoy it. Drink your Coors Banquet. Cool down. Enjoy. Wonder what a Diablo sandwich is. And enjoy the hilarity that ensues. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. That's right. Um, yeah, I would probably give this a... Eight and a half out of ten. I I actually uh, enjoyed this quite a bit. I thought it was a really fun movie. Uh, definitely um, s- different than what I thought it was going to be. 
and I'm not one for country music, but that that song does really get you hooked. Uh, from Jerry. Sorry, Reed. As I, as I, sorry to interrupt. But I love Jerry Reed too. Yeah. So, you know, as a outlaw country fan, so like you know, this has it all for me. So. Yeah, and Jerry Reed, you know, like I said, it was his his music gets you hooked. Um, it it definitely tells the story. You know, it's like it's one of those country songs that uh, that that is meant to tell the story. So, um, I think it does a really good job. Uh, utilizing that throughout the movie, even though you know at, at times you'd be like, "Oh, this song again!" <laughs> like they're, they're playing it again, huh? Um, but but I I, th- I think that the whole storyline is really good, and it doesn't like you said it doesn't have any filler to it, so you really aren't getting bogged down with anything uh, like giving backstories to Bandit or uh, Cletus or anybody like that. You're really just gonna be in the moment, and you get a little bit of exposition and uh, backstory when when they provide it but other than that there's really nothing to get caught up in and so the movie just kind of plays out over 90 minutes of just action constantly happening uh following through the storyline uh does a really good job with that and um as road trips go this is a really fun one um i think jackie gleason provides a lot to the movie um but everybody does a really good job i think that the focal point is really Jackie Gleason's character, I think he 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 kind of holds it all together. But Burt Reynolds and Sally Field, they have a really good chemistry. And Cletus is there, uh, you know, Jerry Reed there to, along for the ride to provide updates and you know CB radio banter. Um, with that said, like all of that, I think it makes for a really fun movie, entertaining. Um, not something that you'll need to like ponder over for hours, but uh, you know, just fun in the moment. And um, if you're fans of you know, like car chase movies, um, stuff like that. This one's a go-to. You know, before there was uh, Fast and Furious, there was Smokey and the Bandit. How dare you compare this to fucking Fast and Furious? Well, ultimately, Fast and the Furious is like the evolution of Smokey and the Bandit, right? Instead of the, uh, the country music uh, outlaw scene, you have... The outlaw um, drag metal, racers and I say new metal scene. Yeah, <laughs> there goes my hero. And and rap. Yeah, it's it's like the evolved, uh, consistent, you know, contemporary timeline. So yeah, Smokey and the Bandit was there before all of that to, you know, to have fun with. With its uh, comedy and outlaw shenanigans. All right, so that's our Smoking the Bandit show. Um, we are going to be back next week and all of August. We're returning for a series that we did uh, to, to continue a series that we did last year. Uh, we did, if you remember, Red Hot 80s Action Summer. And we're going to do that again this year. Uh, we're doing Red Hot 80s Action Summer Part 2. Heat Wave. Because climate crisis. You know what? Maybe we should do a bunch of climate climate crisis films. Yeah. Yeah, have you heard that they're, they officially named the Heat Wave and it's Heat Wave Zoe? Wow. Yeah. So that's why we're doing Red Hot 80s Action Summer Heat Wave Edition. It's going to be fun. We're going to do um, some movies that we've wanted to do. We're going to do a movie that we were supposed to do last year that we never got around to doing. 
So, somebody, huh? somebody, somebody did something, something. I already watched the movie last year, but I was, I, I was prepared. Remember, I don't remember what happened. I'm not sure. You weren't able to find it, I think, was the problem. You weren't able to get it. Something like that. I so. don't think that's it, because we went from Strike Commando straight to Vampires. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we just ran out of time. Maybe, but we're gonna do that there. We'll we'll have uh, wait wait, wait wait maybe you're right because we went from Strike Command to July 30th and then we went to uh, September 3rd. Yeah, so, <laughs> so <we're>, creepy, it's <laughs> Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, so um, we're gonna do uh, four movies. Um, should be a fun time, and then after that, once we get through those four movies, it's probably gonna be weekly from here on out because we're gonna start our Halloween series. So. You know, because we normally start in September and do September and October. So, and then we have our Christmas. So we get, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be wham bam thank you ma'am on the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Back end of the podcast is always you know yeah always really busy yeah, and we somehow we have to fit Thor in there too. Oh fuck yeah. Maybe a bonus episode here or there or something. <laughs> I totally forgot about Thor and Natalie Portman's back. That's what, what yeah. that's what it's called, right? Thor and Natalie Portman's Thor, back. From- Natalie Portman's back. Natalie Portman's back and doing something for some reason. Yeah, so we're going to be coming up with all of that stuff. So you'll definitely want to stick around listening to all of these various monthly series that we've got going on. So, do you, so do you want to tell anyone what some of the films we're going to do for... Uh... No, I was going to let it be a surprise. Oh. They'll find out. Tune in. That's like the stick. You know, that's the thing that gets them coming back to like, what are they doing for Red Hot 80s Action Summer? I better check out the next episode. And then they'll be hooked. And then they'll listen. And then they'll subscribe. That's how you get them. <laughs> that's how we got gotcha. you. <laughs> That's why you're listening right now, isn't it? So, um, with that said, if you do want to tune in for all of those fun episodes that we've got coming up, you can subscribe to us on pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, our home base at anchor.fm. Subscribe on there. Leave us a nice review. That always helps us out. Thanks a lot in advance. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. You can just search for us on there, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. You'll find us. Follow us like us whatever you do on those social media pages uh we have an email address at blood podcast at gmail.com you can write to us let us know what you like what you don't like um what movies you want us to cover in the future and we'll take those into consideration and you can also donate to us on our patreon page at patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast that helps us buy beer and stuff so fuel our alcoholism we appreciate that too All right, so that's it for this episode. We hope to see you back for Red Hot 80s Action Summer Part 2 Heat Wave Edition. Uh, And until then, take care.